Hello and welcome to the AI Ops Podcast. Here we evangelize how AI Ops platforms can transform your IT ecosystem. To experience the power of AI-led automation, visit our website at www.ziff.ai. Thanks for tuning in. We hope this episode adds value to you. Welcome everyone to our uh, three-part series uh, of the podcast. And this is topic one of three on AI-led digital transformation in healthcare. Uh, Today we have uh, Dr. Naresh joining us. He's the Group Chief Information Officer of Rainbow Children's Hospital. Uh, Dr. Naresh is a healthcare IT leader with over 20 years of experience in delivering IT projects to healthcare institutions under different categories. Uh, He has also been active in product development, consulting, and IT implementation in both India and the US. Welcome on board, sir. We also have with us Shuvankar Pramanik. Uh, He is the CIO of the Manipal Health Enterprises Private Limited. He's been associated along with different digital transformations in healthcare, artificial intelligence, process automation by using bots, and process transformation in critical areas like ICU uh, and EMR and clinical data analysis. Uh, welcome on board, sir. Uh, joining us also is uh, Mr. Balaji Upali. He is a part of the leadership uh, team in Gavs Technologies with over 25 exp- years of experience in the IT industry and uh, a lot of um, uh, accolades to his under his belt. Uh, welcome on board, Balaji. Thank you, Professor. Great. So uh, perhaps we could jump in to the first topic. Um, The topic for uh, the first uh, part of the three-part series is AI-led digital transformation in healthcare. In a sense, in this segment, what we are looking to see is how does does someone integrate AI? uh, How does someone get into the AI ML journey in the healthcare context? So I want to keep the first part of this as open-ended as possible. Um, and so why don't we start with exactly that? So how does someone, how, how does a healthcare institution um, get into the AI ML uh, journey? Uh, perhaps we can start Dr. Naresh. Yeah, so I think Prasadhi, uh, uh, thanks for the uh, introduction and the opportunity. Uh, the way I would see it is that um, the, the, the inroads which AI and ML as a technology has done within healthcare is very minute, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in hospitals, healthcare being a, a wider industry, hospitals, the adoption of such technologies in the nascent stages. Mm-hmm. One. Second is, again, the next obvious follow-up question is, uh, how do you adopt such technologies? Is that technology really relevant to healthcare as an industry or not? Or as especially hospitals as such or not. I would look at it two ways. Is there a business need for using such technology? If yes, then where do we put it? Which are those use cases which can get solved by the adoption of this technology? Is the first question. Second question is, just because it is there in the industry, because every industry is using such technologies, because there are companies who build such technology, is it that I just buy it and start implementing it in my hospital? So there are two ways in which we go about it. First thing is, if you take the first question, um, is there a business case where we implement AI and ML? Of course there is. But are there credible evidences 
or success stories where hospitals have achieved major um, uh, you know success in using such technologies i am still yet to you know uh, maybe understand and read that uh, success stories but that is one in i would look at it using using such technologies two broad areas one is from an operations and management standpoint second is i would look at it from a clinical standpoint so clinical would outweigh an operations business need any day if you if you use ai and ml as a technology so clinically such technologies is there put to use right again ai in a hospital it should be assisted intelligence not artificial intelligence if you go tell a doctor that this your diagnosis is wrong this is the accurate diagnosis and they, they will throw me out of the job as well as the system out of the place right so it has to be an assistive intelligence where the doctor is told that this could be a possible diagnosis right end of the day the person who needs to take a decision is a doctor himself or herself right mm-hmm. so to summarize one is is there a business need where i can take this technology and solve my business need second is it in operations or management or is it in clinical area third is what are the success stories which i which are there out there in the industry which any hospital can see okay this is what this hospital or this healthcare organization has done using such technologies can we also adopt such technologies into our ecosystem so i would answer it in three broad areas understood so sir just a you know quick follow up on that see um uh, somewhere you have alluded to uh, which aspects of the business most benefit from uh, you know uh, an ai ml intervention and how to motivate uh, it coming in and we're going to dive deep into that uh, shortly in one of the subsequent segments i want to try and rephrase the question a little bit and say given that we 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 have two chief information officers here and people with relatively an uh, it background i'm sure there are a lot of hospital operations and clinical decisions which are being assisted with digital technology is there a road map or a way of getting ai ml suppose we were to say ai ml is some way of making things better um is there an ecosystem how do we uh, you know we are used to different project paradigms agile you know different uh, ways in which we bring it services um but in a healthcare setting if someone were to be suppose the need for ai ml what do you see as the common pitfalls what do you see as the easy ones how do you see it integrating in to the big picture of uh, you know information support for a hospital so i would i would answer that in two ways one is from a clinical standpoint mm-hmm. um, not every hospital at least in india is 100% digital as well as clinical record keeping is concerned right the penetration of an electronic medical record for both oper- op as well as an inpatient is not 100% everywhere mm-hmm. right it's a journey which an organization would take mm-hmm. right so which is the area or which is the system through which a doctor will get a assistive intelligence through this solution is primarily at the point of care which is the system which is assisting the doctor in delivering better healthcare in a hospital is an emr which is an electronic medical record if we are expecting a doctor to 
log out of the EMR and open this standalone AI ML solution for him to retype the whole thing again for that system to understand and give him an accurate or most probable diagnosis, then no doctor would use it. Mm -hmm. right? So the front-end UI, it has to be simple like what he is used to. So if there's a hospital which has a full-fledged penetration of an electronic medical record, which is the primary source for a doctor while treating a patient, both in outpatient as well as inpatient, then such technologies of having artificial intelligence or machine learning should be up, should be integrated with this EMR. Or else no doctor would open another standalone application to do that. One. Second, as, as the name says, it is machine learning, right? It learns over a period of time. No matter how much of our master data or how much whatever logic you keep, every patient is different. Right, but the, a doctor might treat the same. Two doctors might treat the same case with the same problem in two different ways. Right, so there is no algorithm as a standard approach saying that okay, if Naresh comes with this problem, this is the drug you have to give. No, it is not like that. A plus B is never seen in care. Right, it depends on various other parameters which doctors are trained over a period of time to understand and uh, do the treatment. What do you want? Coming away from the clinical context, if you look at a business context, both in operations, supply chain, marketing, etc. So there are already some sort of an applications which they are using. Say, for example, an inventory system might use an SAP or an Oracle or any of the ERP systems. Right? Nowadays, every other ERP system has started their own journey on the AIML Correct. So if I'm using an SAP system, if there is such intelligence already being built, being given to me by SAP, then obviously it could solve some of my business cases, right? The way I'm, I'm able to generate a report straight out of an ERP system and consume work on it, et cetera, and then put my intelligence into it. If an AIML technology can tell me that, Nare, this is where you're going right, this is where you're going wrong, through an ERP system or through my inventory system or whatever, then it makes sense. Right, that, that's how I, I would say it. Makes sense. So what I hear you primarily talking about is making the uh, AI uh, integration as seamless as possible. So in a sense, it's seamless in the front end that is facing off with the clinician and the patient perhaps, as well as it's seamless uh, you know, in terms of the existing IT systems that are in place. Uh, and therefore, its integration is almost, uh, uh, you know, behind the scenes in its own way. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Shivankar, would you agree uh, in a sense that a lot of times we look at these uh, grand rollouts of AI and ML, and we talk about how can, uh, you know, clinical settings or how can healthcare institutions be AI ready? Um, we heard from Dr. Naresh about how the, the path of least resistance is one to piggyback on digital initiatives that are already there, like a SAP system or something, bring the AI in there. And also, if it's going to interface with the front end, let the doctor not even know it's AI. Is that how you would also uh, see it? What are your thoughts on this? Thanks, Sundan. And uh, this is a very important question. Before uh, replying to this uh, question, uh, I should share my uh, pathways, my career, how uh, I have seen healthcare closely last 17, 18 years. And uh, you, can, you can understand how this concept has came into this business basically. When I started my career, uh, 
in healthcare, it was just a billing systems, right? Uh, only healthcare uh, organization hospitals specifically focused how their patients uh, will get the uh, bill, whatever they are taking as a service. So only billing system was there and uh, day in, day out was the billing reconciliations and uh, that's all, finished. And for the finance, uh, they used to follow some in, in, in big uh, organization, they follow the ERP in a uh, big size organization, they followed a tally kind of uh, uh, tools and they generate the financial data and they uh, their business decisions was on those data only. So mm -hmm. gradually, uh, at that time, clinical decision-making systems or clinical data was just on paper and was on on on, uh, on uh, individual consultants, prerogative uh, uh, individual consultants. The uh, who, the way he or she was thinking to uh, diagnosis that those patients. Gradually, it uh, when it uh, I have seen uh, like to introduce. Not only billing system, you have to implement the whole uh, patient journey, like admission to discharge. You have to put those discharge summary into some uh, tools, and you have to generate the discharge summary from the computer. So gradually, this clinical data, as per se, uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, started noting on the uh, on the document basically, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it it started generating the document kind of data. It's the documents, plain document, yeah. word document kind of data. So uh, at that time, then uh, the questions, uh, the queries uh, generally used to come to uh, uh, CIOs, yeah, IT manager that uh, uh, from the consultant specifically, uh, how many patients I have seen for this disease, well, how many patients was uh, uh, kind of uh, age bracket and uh, kind of your gender bracket. So yeah. this kind of queries uh, used to come and we used to do basically collect those data from this document to put some excels and make some templates and used to generate those uh, graph. Okay. Gradually, uh, we introduced uh, different kind of uh, BI tools mm -hmm. and how BI tools came out like in, in that time uh, finance uh, requested that finance requirement was you are generating some, uh, you, you are following up some patients and we are generating some revenue. What is the per revenue, uh, yeah, per patient's revenue kind of queries uh, they used to get and particular disease wise, how many patients we have seen and how many, uh, how much revenue we have generated. So that financial systems, your backend systems and your clinical data systems uh, was a kind of a requirement was to integrate those two systems. Uh, so how Power BI, uh, how this business intelligence tool uh, used to do to generate only report, right? Next uh, stages, uh, the last four, five years, uh, we used to get the queries from different business sites that uh, what if on this data? If, if, if they, they, they raise some uh, scenarios and what if, suppose if I want to uh, uh, do a camp in some area, uh, what will be the probable uh, revenue generations from those areas? So these kind of scenarios, this kind of queries uh, raises in that time. So at that time, we used to do manually, basically, uh, to uh, generate those data 
uh, into the extent that we used to build a query and used to give to the business. This is the uh, output. Now on this requirement, what IT needs is whole lot of this manual job, mm -hmm. this analysis, this mm -hmm. queries, business queries, business requirement, which should do automatically. So this artificial intelligence come out when introduced in the, in, into the healthcare systems in this way, basically, but mm -hmm. I have seen in my journey. Nowadays, not only on the business requirement, now the clinicians also wants to uh, to uh, do consultant, uh, consult uh, more patients in a limited time. Mm -hmm. So, so from the process perspective, they want that at least uh, some sort of uh, KPI should come before the patient arrives into their cabin. Mm -hmm. So, this kind of requirement uh, uh, used to come to uh, IT uh, department. Then IT introduced some sort of uh, EMR, yeah, uh, digital uh, platform where this kind of data already captured uh, before coming, um, patient comes to the cabin of the, that consultant. Mm -hmm. And this kind of digital evolve, evolve come into the healthcare domain in this mm -hmm. way, what I have seen. So yeah. nowadays it's very much uh, uh, required, uh, this is, there is a Use business requirement. It's not only the clinicians' requirements. It's not only the IT requirements. It's a business requirement into the healthcare ecosystems. So definitely, and uh, before I, uh, um, this merger happened. This uh, Manipal and Columbia Asia. I used to head this uh, Columbia Asia uh, hospitals in India. That was a hundred percent paperless hospitals. Basically, every uh, clinicians used to. Uh, used to put all this clinical data into the systems. So uh, I have seen the, how they love these systems uh, uh, in India. So the adaptations, how you want to introduce these systems into the systems, that's also matters. Mm -hmm. uh, how you are handling, uh, how you are introducing electronic systems, yeah, digital systems, or AI systems into your healthcare ecosystems. This also matters. This is my views. Got it. No, that's very interesting, sir. So, you know, let me ask you a follow-up. Let me ask a follow-up question from what I heard you say, and perhaps open the floor. Maybe we can have Balaji answer, or if uh, either of you also have thoughts, I would love to hear it. So, somewhere the evolution that you describe um, talks of one where business needs, uh, not grand visions, but small business needs to conduct business better have motivated the production and creation of smart AI ML tools and features that get integrated with existing systems. But is that necessarily, if you are starting afresh at this point, right? Is that the best way for a hospital or a, for, a health, uh, uh, for a healthcare uh, institution, uh, healthcare service provider? Is that the best way in a sense to look at needs on a case-by-case -case basis and see what features can get built in or is there a way to say hey you know 20 years 30 years down the line we're going to be doing AIML I want to create common data pipelines I'm going to so how much of this is should be supply push versus demand pull uh, in terms of uh, making uh, an institution AIML ready 
I, I open it out to all of you to take a stab at this. So one thing I would um, say, Professor Nandan, is that you rightly said, you know, is it a demand or which side is there's more weight, more weight to it? I would say currently, as the success stories are very few in, in hospitals and healthcare, the supply is more than the demand, mm. right? As every major uh, technology product which hospitals are using, by themselves, they've started on this journey. Right? Maybe, let me, let me go back to the same ERP examples, you know, SAP, Oracle, everybody are there, have their own AIML uh, practices. They're trying to see which other, you know, uh, use case can they solve through this technology, right? So EM, the HIS and EMR combination, some people have attempted, some people are still planning to attempt, right? At this particular point in time, the supply is more than the demand. So until unless there is a common meeting point where the success stories uh, have uh, happened and then it is, you know, told to the industry at large, saying that this technology is really helpful to solving these business cases, then we, we could see a reverse of that. Your thoughts, Balaji? Yeah, sure. Um, no, very interesting to hear Dr. Naresh and um, Mr. Shivankar. Um, I come from the school of thought, which I've been hearing from my customers globally, right? Professor, that patient care should be kept in the middle of everything we do. And when I had a discussion with one of the chief medical officers of one of the leading hospitals in the US, the best way to give a patient care was to spend more time with the patient when he's in the clinic or he's in the facility. So that's the best. If the specialist can spend the maximum amount of time uh, which he's able to spend with the patient, then the care is better taken, right? The guidance, the interventions, the dosing, everything improves. What was felt, and this is coming from a chief medical officer, which I'm relating to. Mm -hmm. What was felt is that the IT systems and the subsequent ability to make decisions based on what the IT systems were providing was so time consuming that if I say that there is a ophthalmologist or there's a dentist who's spending 30 minutes potentially with a patient was able to spend only about effectively eight to 10 minutes with the patient. Not because he does not want to spend more, but because some of the existing systems which he was operating on was actually not helping him to spend more time. And he was predominantly entering data, figuring out what types of past history is the patient have and so on, right? As part of the EMR solutions. One of the things the chief medical officer came to us and said, why are you not able to help me reduce that time which I'm spending on the IT systems and help me to present myself more in front of the patient so that I can provide that patient care much longer and better. So when we analyze the critical path of what was delaying the performance of the doctor facing the patient vis-a-vis -vis showing the back to the patient, it was, there were hops of data transfer and intelligence which was needed to enable the doctor to cut short his time spent in the system and spend more time with the patient. Mm -hmm. So we had to look for areas which could reduce the uh, hops which was taken from the central system to the doctor's laptop or the end device so that he could do it faster. He, a lot of things could be proactively done before he could spend time with the patient. And when that approach was taken, we felt that there was a definitive need for the systems and the technology underlying to actually be up and running at a much higher pace and availability 
compared to what it was earlier. And in such scenarios, we found that AI played a big role because what the engineer or what the technician was providing view to the doctor or to the IT department, which eventually is providing service to the doctor, was what was visible to them. But what was not visible was what was creating the problem. And finding the not invisible stuff or finding the unknown stuff and figuring out how to handle that unknown was a crucial part of the solutioning, which the chief medical officer himself was involved, right? Because that was a yeah. pain which he was getting from his patients. Yeah. I go for a 30 minute thing, I get five minutes with the doctor, what the hell, right? I don't get any best yeah. care. Yeah. So that was one situation. And there were similar such situations where people were saying that my wait time was very long. My ability to get to the doctor was very long. My ability to get to getting admitted to a ward and getting a bed was very long. Mm -hmm. And especially with the post-pandemic era, where we're looking at a lot more elective surgeries being taken up, this problem is going to magnify itself. So Understood. in such scenarios, while I agreed to Dr. Naresh and Mr. Shivankar, where they said that there is a definitive purpose in the play, but it has to be selective. I do acknowledge that there is a lot more digital transformation which needs to happen in the hospitals compared to other industries. But having said that, I think there is enough valuable data which is available within the hospital. It could be in a non-digital form, but it's still available. And nothing is done about that data in a very structured or an intelligent way. I genuinely feel that there is a potential play for AI and ML to help patient care itself, forget about operations, forget about supply chain and all of that backend stuff. Even patient care, while it may not replace the doctor for sure, while it may not be a remedy for lack of specialists, it can definitely enable intelligent insights for the doctor, both from a preemptive, preventive perspective with the patient, as well as post-diagnosis and follow-up with the patient to effectively make that patient care of a much higher gold standard. And I think there is an element where AI and ML could play. And I'm sure there are opportunities which people are uh, exploring. And we are in conversations with some of the hospitals themselves, both even in India as well as outside, where there are possibilities of enhanced patient care to be discussed as a potential way for AI ML to solve that problem. Great, great. Well, thank you so much, Balaji. Um, I want to uh, I want to thank you all for uh, a very interesting um, set of discussions on uh, the the big picture, right? Which is the AI-led digital transformation in healthcare. Thanks for listening to the AI Ops podcast. Schedule a free demo today to experience the power of AI-led automation that can transform your IT ecosystem into a zero-incident enterprise. After all, zero is the new normal. Let us make this a reality for you.